Welcome to the Atlanta Construction Podcast. This episode is brought to you by our new presenting sponsor, Paysant Building Products. Paysant Building Products owns seven home hardware locations in the HRM and one location in New Brunswick. Each location is equipped with a lumber yard, which can collectively supply any project. Enjoy the episode. Okay, welcome back to the Atlanta Construction Podcast. Uh, today we have with us uh, Eastern Frontier. Um, Eastern Frontier is Atlantic Canada's one-stop shop for buying, selling, sourcing, and evaluation of heavy construction equipment and other industrial assets. We have John Adams and uh, Harold Druken, uh, co-founders. Uh, so some fine gentlemen from Newfoundland uh, here with us today. And uh, yeah, excited to chat with you guys. And thanks, thanks for being here. Thanks, Dan. And we did not bring the storm, right? Just to let you <laughs> yes. know, something. We, we, we bring the heat. We bring that. the heat, but we bring the storm. We yeah, didn't bring so the storm. So by the time this episode drops, it'll be post Fiona, and uh, <laughs> Cape Breton's going to get hit hard, and and so so are we here in Nova Scotia and, and Newfoundland PEI is a little less, but yeah, we're just hoping that uh, you know the sites around around the city and uh, in the different provinces are are buttoned up and everybody's safe. Yeah, we usually like to start with a little bit of background. I know uh, since uh, you guys got things off the ground, which is amazing, so I'm sure it's exciting times and things seem to be going well. But mm-hmm. uh, just personally, maybe we can start with you, John. Just a little background um, for you in your in your journey in the industry and sort of how you landed here. I know that's hard to do in a matter of a couple of minutes, but <laughs> especially for me, Harold will tell you that I don't <laughs> mind talking. Um, yeah, no, Let's cut him off. Harold, I come say. from I come from the construction background. I guess you can say. Uh, I didn't start out in construction, but I did. I uh, ended up in a bank bit, and then I ended up in construction project manager. We're building dime mines and nickel mines. And then one day I took a phone call, and the phone call was I got out of that business and I got into sales. And I didn't think I was in sales, but you come to that point when you make a realization, and then that led into another uh, opportunity that put myself into one of the positions that I'm pretty thankful for. It was another auction house uh, in Canada, one of the largest ones. And I ended up being, I guess you can say, the sales manager, uh, director for Eastern Canada for it. So I was in charge of Toronto, Montreal, the Ottawa, all those areas, and Atlantic Canada stayed my baby. And I hired Mr. Druken as he came over on board as a sales rep for the Newfoundland market. And uh, then in he has been partners in crime for a while. <laughs> yeah, we have been. It came through. A, it's funny how you meet people in terms of it. The, the referral with Harold, like it came back and forth with it, came from a friend of mine that I went to high school with, and I was looking for a guy in Newfoundland, and he gave me this guy, and uh, sure enough, we formed a relationship that I basically say that was match made perfect, buddy. Um, <laughs> you know, we he understands me, I get him. Uh, we've put the model in place with the business when we started thinking about it. We both are the type that we like spitballing. That's our favorite word. We're just spitballing, mm-hmm. and we do a lot of late nights, early mornings. He works the same way that I do. Uh, we're not afraid to work. We're up at the crack of dawn and we go to sleep at our own different spots at a different time, usually early in the night because we're not the night owls. Yep. And that worked well with him and I. And then Eastern Frontier came and just the name Eastern Frontier. I think, name. We, I think we went, what? It had to be at least a month throwing stuff around. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, it's a tough decision. Tough decision. Everything like names, how to put it, different things about it, uh, just the, the overall logo, how we came up with that. That must have been. Geez, What's the story behind that? It's. it's uh, it's a good logo. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. It is it's a new, Newfoundland uh, based based uh, aura about it. Well, maybe? it's it's Atlantic Canada base, all right. Yeah. So if you look at it, and I'll just use this one here. You've got yeah. your trees and your, your hills, right? So you got your your hills, which we're in construction. So you 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 blast the hill to make aggregate. 
you have uh, a gold line here, which is actually paving. So that's the paving okay. end of it. Threw a couple trees in there directly out of it. And then we came down here with a couple seagulls to keep the the Atlantic version <laughs> out of it all. And Harold and I kind of figured, of it may be me and maybe Harold in terms of it, but there's no droppings out of it. <laughs> but then the subliminal part of it is, is right in here, Eastern Frontier, EFA is right in oh, there. Oh, geez, you guys fit a lot into that. Yeah. We did, yeah. Well done. Who's, do you want to give a shout out to the creator or was it, was it you guys or was it somebody hired to do that? Man, it, yeah, no, it was, I had a, a pretty much of an idea in my mind and uh, kind of wrote it down on a piece of paper and had a gal uh, draw it up on okay. the computer, made nice. a bunch of changes to it, added. So you got an artistic side too then? Yeah, yeah, we Man got a little talent. Nicole Buffett actually uh, is the one that actually put it in, uh, on into circulation. She's from uh, Nova Scotia and works uh, with us now as well. So uh, she had a big input on that, and uh, as it, as it started going, people started to like it. So we said, "Yep, we'll stick with it." Yeah, no, it's 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 a good it's a good logo. It's captivating. It's simple, but yeah, it's it's amazing how you can squeeze that much uh, story and uh, just like or into something so simple. It's yeah, pretty cool. And then you know the Eastern Frontier, the name of it. Okay, the Frontier, Newfoundland. You know, the frontier of everything started at Newfoundland is what we always say. We're proud yeah. Newfoundlanders, both Harold and I, but we're all we're also proud of land of Canadians. Uh, you know, my roots run here with my wife from being from Nova Scotia, you know, coming to university and doing stuff in Nova Scotia. A lot of my friends and associates bound here and spending t close to, I think it was 10 years in Halifax. Mm -hmm. It's been fun. So the eastern part of it, we wanted to have that in it. And the frontier end of it is good. And, and it's actually evolved now that people just say, well, check out frontier. They've actually shortened it up for us. So the name being eastern frontier is what it is. But people say, yeah, check the frontier app. And that's kind of evolved on its own. Yeah. And it's nice to see that. That right. you got something that people just, they'll drop the Eastern or it's become more of a, I guess, semi-household or company yeah. and people are accepting it. So yeah, it's cool. it's pretty fast in a year and a half. Yeah, definitely. Um, give, us, give us a little rundown uh, for yourself, Harold, just a little bit. Uh, I know John shared a little bit about you guys working together elsewhere and stuff, but uh, yeah, just take us through a little bit of your journey. Yeah, I started off in construction. Uh, I wasn't running mines or anything like that. I was more of the demolition guy. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I got in uh, you know, uh, a guy actually, uh, Jason Brake back home in Newfoundland was, uh, uh, he was a business guy and he was developing another business and he took a part of building and he, uh, uh, he asked me to come down and help demolish. And so that's how I got into my, uh, <laughs> construction career. But then that evolved into, uh, uh, building houses. So I got, I had my own crew and built, started building houses in Newfoundland. I built 15 or 20 houses. And then physically and uh, the way stuff worked out in Newfoundland when it came to the price of uh, land and whatever, I, I basically made a jump to sales. Uh, I went to industrial commercial sales with Kent Building Supplies back, and then uh, that brought me to the west coast of uh, Newfoundland uh, into a Friday hockey game with John's buddy. <laughs> and uh, I was there with Kent for over a couple of years, and then... Um, uh, Great place to make a sale. Oh. Hockey right. dressing room, a couple right. of beers. Oh, he's solid at it. Like yeah. Solid. Yeah. Actually, it's yeah. amazing. I did play professional hockey back yes, in the day. Yes, I know. I want to make sure you mention that. Tell us, tell us about that. We're not here to talk hockey, so, but we got we got to bring it up. So I do have my quota of dressing rooms. Uh, yeah. Actually, that's probably what I miss the most about hockey. I don't miss getting beat up, or I don't miss the tension. Were you a fighter? No. No, I was. D uh, or what'd you play? I was a forward. I was a goal scorer. Played for the Leafs and the Habs. Leafs, Canucks, and uh, Hurricanes. Oh, okay. More, predominantly with Vancouver. Uh, I absolutely loved my time in Vancouver. I actually probably loved it a bit too much, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah, uh, but I anyway. think I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyway, through uh, Jigs and the Reels, uh, 
10 surgeries, new set of teeth. It was time for me to move on and uh, start the second half of my life. And uh, What was it, that like? Hard transition it for was a lot very of people hard, yeah, yeah. after pro sports. It was, yeah. The, the saying that pro athletes die twice is actually, I, I believe it, because I went through a bit of a time there where you just feel you weren't needed. Your right? whole identity is yeah, tapped into that exactly. one thing. And you're starting over. Your body's not 100%. Yeah. You know what I mean? You start second-guessing yourself. Uh, but, you know, you it's, it's that's where I started with demolition. The guy saw it. Jason saw it. I was in a kind of a hard way, and he said, come down, let's go to work. And he got me up out of bed and got me going work, put me back in a straight and narrow. And uh, ever since then, it's been hammered down. Yeah, well, there's lots of hockey players in the industry and people listening. And, you know, not everybody played in the NHL, but they're all playing rec hockey and stuff. So <laughs> it's an honor to have you, and that's awesome, you know, that you played in the league and, and you, you got it done. You got the, the scars to prove it. And, yeah, uh, but you when, know, I you made... up, when I hung them up, I hung them up. I don't Eight. play anymore. You don't, you don't get out and play yeah. rec or anything? don't no. play it. I don't watch it. Uh, I'm a fan of Sports Center. I can okay. watch Sports Center every just morning. Just the highlights, yeah. Yeah, but I can't. I, it's just the way it's gone. I've uh, totally made a total transition away from it, right? So now I'm trying to get out from underneath it, really, and uh, make my own way. Sounds you know. like you're doing pretty good there, too. <laughs> yeah. He, he, it's funny because we don't talk a lot about it. Harold and I have our own discussions. He's and, modest. Well, he, he is. And that's that's the thing about our partnership. Well, it was 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, ago. what did you do? What were you doing 20 years ago? Yeah. Right? Yeah, no, just exactly. Mine just happened to be in a public way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So. And and that's been our motto at the two of us. You know, humble beginnings, you look at it at that mm-hmm. end of it. Now, has it opened doors and done different things for him? Yeah, sure, definitely. But he doesn't mess with morals on what it was. That was hockey, totally different industry. Was he good? Yeah, he was a good player. He's well-known in Newfoundland, well-known everywhere. I, I don't say too much about it, but, you know, when you're drafted 36th mm-hmm. overall, played World Juniors on a broken ankle. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy's not bad. He can put a puck in the net. So that's a good end of it. And in terms of his sales techniques, that's what he has. He has the drive. He has the desire, the competitive nature. Yeah. All that stuff comes in of it. And competitive. You can't can't keep two of us down for competitability. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. We've had, um, we had uh, Corey Bell and uh, Devin Hartnell on. Devin was talking about he played some, some, some hockey, not in the NHL, but uh, just he was talking about, um, you know, how the, a lot of the skills – playing a team sport um, as a pro athlete or a high level kind <clears> of <throat> transition over into who you are in your work environment and you're part of a team. And it's like, yeah. you know, the same intangible skills that kind of make you what you are uh, as a salesman or as a project manager, whatever, whatever it might be. Right. Yep. It's a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, interplay between the two things, right. A lot of the transition of the skills. And it's funny when, when you talk about the customers we deal with, we deal with a lot of the major contractors in town and I consider them the pro athletes of the construction uh, yeah. industry. Actually, yeah. uh, a lot of these guys started, I mean, they're big multi-million dollar conglomerates and 30 years ago they had a truck and a backhoe. Yeah. It's and, amazing. And all of a sudden now they've got 50, $60 million worth of equipment. They're running, they're employing three, 400 people, the ups and downs and the teamwork that comes with that, absolutely. It's, uh, You're right. It's, it, I consider them the pro athletes. And a lot of them, I, you know, when you get to know them, and that's one of our, that's one of our keys is we like, we're, we like really spending time on the relationship part of it. Because a lot of some of this stuff gets very personal when you're dealing millions of dollars and yes. stuff like that, right? So, mm-hmm. And I do find that these guys do come from an athletic background because yeah. you can't run a 350, you know, person business without having to be able to adapt and yeah. be able to work with other people. All the mental toughness that it takes. Yeah. And, uh, oh, it's, yeah, we could talk about that. Uh, for yeah. Him. That's a whole separate topic. Yeah. 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 
So tell us a little bit about the team before we dive into some other things. Uh, like as far as uh, is, is it six or eight uh, members that are with Eastern Frontier right now currently? Or There's eight. We have yeah. eight on our team right now. Um, it's broken down into two ways, and we, that was one of the big steps. We have our, I guess you could say, our operation side or the when the sale is done and completed, the real business works, mm-hmm. or you want to look at it the other way. So we've got... Um, when you look at it, we have Nicole Buffett, who is our EA. She handles pretty much the uh, everything that we have for invoicing, detailing, following up with registrations. Then you move into our social media director, which is Rich Pike. He handles our website development. He was the creator of it. He's the, the artistic view of it and his background. In its own end of it, we'll just leave it aside. It's very interesting in that side of it, which was a good fit. Yeah, big thing for you guys, right? Because it's online. Exactly. You're virtual. Yeah. And you're making huge sales. And, like, he's he's a huge part of the he, yeah, puzzle. He, he's part of the puzzle. I and mean, he was our first hire directly out of it because we needed to have that. You know, yeah. you can't create what we're creating without <laughs> having someone who knows the way around the website. And, unfortunately, both Harold and I didn't. But that's not our expertise. Our expertise are differently in place. So, Rich, the history with all of our team members as we break them down they're hand selected and when i say hand selected we spend a lot of time we just don't go out we're looking for people that number one who understand the business i call it as long and tooth long in the tooth they're not young we don't mind the youth and don't end of it these guys know the equipment they've been in the industry for a long period of time and mm-hmm. they know where it stands and so, that's your tagline merging old-fashioned relationship right. building with today's technology right that's that's the, that's yeah. the bread and butter of it so yeah. we build a relationship so that's the operation side with myself and nicole and rich we handle that end of it and then mm-hmm. the split between harold and i is Han- harold handles the sales team so you can speak about lonnie and todd and the rest of them yeah, uh, when we when we started hiring for this, it wasn't uh, we weren't looking for you know top sale. We wanted individual thinkers. We wanted people that could be able to think on the fly, mm-hmm. develop relationships, and problem solve. Uh, so we ended up with uh, we got Todd Rollings in Newfoundland. He's been in equipment financing, very versatile in that way. We got Jody Smallman in Nova Scotia, who's very experienced in equipment and auctioneering and everything. So he adds a whole another depth. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Chris Ritchie in uh, in New Brunswick who can take apart a tractor and put it back together uh, and is new to the sales side, but yeah. very good relationship builder and knows equipment. And then we got uh, Lonnie Thompson in PEI who was servicing New Brunswick, but we've, transfer, uh, we've, we've translated him into PEI uh, area manager as well as a lead coordinator just because size, volume, and be able to maximize his time. Mm. So what we have encouraged is, uh, and it's what's different from a big conglomerates, is that uh, we don't view our customers as numbers. We view them as relationships, right? When you're getting into big conglomerates, when you're dealing with CAT and you're dealing with all these huge companies, mm-hmm. you got floors of lawyers you got to pay for in California or, you know what I mean? There's The yeah. engine is so big. So many systems. So yeah. big yeah. that you got to charge so much to keep yeah. that engine going, right? So all of a sudden, your customers become numbers where we're going to take it back a notch and say, no, we'd rather foster the relationship with the customer, even if it's less volume. That's fine. Mm-hmm. We're after repeat business. And in order yeah. to do that, you got to have trustworthy relationships. Yeah. And that's what our whole business is based off of. Yeah, the one and done is not what we're about. And the old-fashioned relationship, we listened. When, when we put this company and we started thinking about it, we were listening to the customers. We were actually going, this is what they want. And you spent years listening to customers prior to prior Ex- to this too, right? Exactly. And being one ourselves. Like, you know, being part of construction, buying and selling equipment when I was in the construction project management, you're involved in it. Well, what does the customer need? So we took the approach, well, let's learn what they have to say. We took that. We put it down on paper. 
And to this day, a customer will call us up and say, hey, you, sh- you should change this to your website. Boom, fast. Within three, four days, we make that change if it works for our steps down the road. We're not mm-hmm. the type that are just going to do it willy-nilly. Yeah. We're doing it when it makes sense. Mm-hmm. But when they give us that endpoint, even so much matter to say, hey, you know, you're sold, your sold signs, or we need some more of this, or break it up so you can see New, New, uh, Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, and PEI yeah. already there with a little ticker up in the right-hand corner. Yeah. That little thing makes a big difference because if you're buying equipment and you're in PEI, you know you got to pay transportation, but now with the cost of diesel up, well, hey, I may I could probably find it here in PEI. I don't need to worry about it, yeah. or you need go no going into it. It's a good combination. Like any organization, I think, you know, it's an opinion, but have strong boundaries, but then be open enough to listen. And, and when someone's got a good idea, if they're right, think about it with you, yourself. You're, you're you know you're flexible enough to. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And we treat it like ourselves. You know, the communication. What would you do if you were buying something? You want to have someone who's accessible. You want someone who's maybe you know, we don't know everything about the piece of equipment we're selling. But I'll tell you what we do know. We know how to put it in place. With the, the seller has trusted us, makes it very easy for us to say, hey, give us a call. And they'll add more and we'll connect it. And that has been successful in the technology side of it. When you say, okay, we have the old-fashioned relationship, which is Atlantic Canada, as we know. You're Atlantic Canadian. You know, you shake your hand, you look at someone in the face. That's yeah. that's a deal. You're going to probably see that person. You you're going to see him at the grocery you're downtown store. Downtown Toronto, you're you know you're probably never going to see that person again. But you're going to see them. Again. You're going to see him at you're Bears Lake at some <laughs> corner, or some stop like that. Or you're going to have the a beer grocery with them. store when you're loading up for the storm. You know, you're <laughs> going to run into them. <laughs> bag of chips to see what you got, or you're dropping off chips or do whatsoever. And and that's that's what we are about. Yeah. And that's Atlantic Canada. So when we say Eastern Frontier Atlantic, that's what we want to do. We want to connect everybody. And then when we say the technology side, new technology, well, today's a changing world. But you got to do it in such a way that you don't scare off some of the older generation that's looking at it. Right, and it doesn't mean you have to lose no. the brick and mortar. That's maybe not the right term, but you don't have to lose, like, like your tagline, the, the old-fashioned side of things that doesn't need to change. You can bring new technology in with a, a, and keep tradition. Right? Well, you yeah. can. Well, you have to because, I mean, when you look at it, all this technology is kind of new where a lot of these business owners who've built these multi-conglomerates, they're 70, 65, 70 years old. Some, some of those guys don't use email. So you got to be flexible enough to be able to yeah. provide it for them and also hit his grandson, who's the engineer on the thing, looking at through the computer. And they don't so like he, talking to the cocky young guys either, right? <laughs> no, so, you know, no, they, they, they don't. Want somebody like, they want yeah. somebody who's uh, like them, right? They, they want, want it real, right? They, they want, want something real. real. That's exactly right. And they want someone when C3, they dial yeah. the phone, yeah, someone answer. magically answers on the other side, yeah. which I find has gotten away from. No offense to any MBA students out there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the art of the phone call is kind of dying. Yeah. Thing, which is yeah. which is kind of sad actually because I know people work under the CYOA and make sure it's on uh, in digital so you can cover your own bot and stuff like that. But when you're talking to these guys and they want to be able to hear someone on the other line, get them understand, talk it through, and when you have that relationship, all those problems seem to be a little smaller. Yeah, yeah. you know, you can there. text somebody. And you can get so many wrong feelings out of it, and you can turn around and go, what did he really mean? But you know what? Exactly. All you need is the seven digits column and say, hey, what's going on? So, yeah. Or Especially knock on the door. Well, people yeah. need to hear that now. Especially you know, you think of documentaries like The Social Dilemma. I don't know if you guys have seen that. But using the, the term user, where the only other place that's used is in you know, people who are addicted. Yeah. Yeah. Users and you know, all the CEOs that don't use that technology that they serve because they don't let their kids use it because they know how damaging it is. That's but, right. Well, that's the yeah, thing. It's, um, making us, it's making us dumb, and it's making us worse 
far worse communicators than right. they should be. Right. They say, well, I put it on Facebook. Well, I'm not on Facebook. So how would I see that? So yeah. they're, li- they're actually limiting mm-hmm. their audience. Yeah. You're right. So we try to open up to everybody. We give hard copies. We give everything. Digital, digital yeah. hard copies. We try to cover the masses. Yeah, and it's about, like, you can't let that, that stuff, I guess just on the topic, like, it's, it's uh, you know, we're, we're a media company, so we use it in our business, but personally, like, to, to, to let, to control it instead of letting it control it, because it's so easy for it to get out of hand. Your screen time is going way up. You're, yeah. you're not calling someone, you're texting them, and it just makes you lazy. And Yeah, yeah and, you know, like you said, stuff that we did in the past, yeah, it you know some some people say well you got to look at the new way of technology and change it. I agree. Yes, you've got to evolve with it. But yeah. that doesn't mean the stuff that we did in the past is shaking hands, knocking the door, doing a sales well, call, throw the baby out with the bathwater. Right? That's yeah. that's good stuff, and that'll always yeah. be here. Yeah, that will yeah. always be here. And and we've taken the approach. Some of, things don't need to change. No, and Absolutely. what you do is you improve on them and you use your technologies. You know, so right now you couldn't get a hold of you if I couldn't get a hold of you, Dan. Like you sent me a message this morning. If I didn't get a hold of you, you needed something quick, I'll text you, email you, and then I'll call you. Well, you can call, text, and email, and then you can say, hey, I tried three ways. Yeah. Now the ball's in your court. Exactly. So that's what we push to our team. That's what we push out there to everybody and say, hey, we're here to answer. The unfortunate part about it, media makes it in such a way that that's on all the time, the cell phone. Uh, yeah. But, you know, we want to give our guys and, and everybody with the company some some breathing room, and we're very cautious on that. We say, mm-hmm. you know, yes, you're always on your sales, but at times you got to shut it off, spend time with your family, and that's the other side of the business. But when you come when you come with Eastern Frontier, you're not only coming to do that, you you take pride in working with a small company. We're very much hey, we want everybody to have fun, and I know you hear that, and it becomes just I'll, but that's us. Our whole gist of it is you know we'll sit and we'll we'll talk back and forth. We're we're friends, we're partners. We talk about everything. You know, he's involved in my relationship with my wife in the sense of, you know, he knows what my kids are doing. I know what his kid is doing. And that only makes us better because we always take that approach when we talk to our employees that are friends of ours. How is your family doing? And they're happy. You're right. It can sound insincere to some people, but then, you know, you know when you see it. Like, you see these guys, you just know, like, they're doing it right. They are having fun. You know, they're going through hard times and good times, but they're, they're communicating. And, like, you can have fun with your job and a lot of people when it's not fun anymore it can ruin your life that's if, you're, if you hate your down. job production goes down yeah. so does your mental health and, oh. and everything else and then it bleeds into your personal life it's just awful yeah. well that was that's a good thing about being a small company and what we've done so what we add so what we do now is uh, with my sales team is if someone needs something it goes right to our sales teams first right because i got a guys in new in new brunswick going through every yard i got guys in nova scotia so they get a feel for who's got what who runs what who's you know so if i go to dan dan needs a a dump truck i'll say hey guys i'm looking for a dump truck and todd in newfoundland might say i just looked at one Uh, and you know what i mean so what we really encourage is that communication. And sometimes that's on a group text or a group email or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it's always there. They can always reach out for help, whether mm-hmm. it's through any of us, all eight of us. And I stress that with when, when I pitch deals. Yeah, you got an area manager here in New Brunswick that's going to look after your equipment. But if you can't get a hold of him, call me. If you can't get me, yeah. call John. Yeah. If you can't, because yeah. we're all transparent. We're not hiding yeah. anything from anybody. So everything's above the board. And who serves that customer doesn't matter to us as long as he gets service properly. And yeah. and you know, and and to further that, we're there for the customer. And and when I say that is it's that everybody says, Oh, we're here for the customer in terms of 
we're there, we're there to work for them. So if they want to sell and we got an offer coming in, you know, say fifty, sixty thousand dollars, and the customer said, Look, I really need I really need that fifty five thousand, that that's my bottom price, you know, whatever you guys charge me and the commission the sales of it, we work on it. We will work with them to make sure that sale goes because they want the, the equipment to be done and moved on. Mm-hmm. And we're not beneath ourselves to know because once you do that in any type of business that yeah. you're willing to work with somebody to get it yeah. done, repeat business is there. Yeah. Unless you really go far out and you screw it up totally. Right. And, you know, we're going to make mistakes. We, we know that. Uh, but for the most part, we stick to what we did. That is shake the hand of the person you go see with them yeah. and introduce them to technology. And our technology aspect of it is, you know, we teamed up with a company called Sandhills, which is great. And they have market book, truck trader, agriculture they're involved in 60 or 70 different print items all over north america and the world they're in australia so when we teamed up with them this is where we get some of our valuations and we you know go through the website and we can say okay what is your 2005 freight liner worth well we go in we have that technology we can give price of what it would be in an auction what it would be a market value and you know what we suggest you list it for and we're very transparent some of the other companies they just keep that and they don't tell it what's for mm-hmm. but we say every piece this is what it should go for of course you don't know but this is what it has been sold for, a similar like item, an auction, it could go lower. Here's what you should. So let's list it at this. If we take it to the auction, we'll cadence it down mm-hmm. and we can see that. And we're transparent with every piece. And that has been the success. We're not afraid to go in and say, you know what, it's worth 50 grand. Well, I need 90. Well, guess what? If you need 90, you've got the wrong people because it's 50,000 and 90 is not going to go. And we go back with it. Yeah. And that, that makes a difference. You You have to... Be realistic. You can't expect someone. Everybody wants ninety thousand, but if it's only sold for the last seventeen in, in Atlantic Canada or even Ontario for fifty grand, what are you doing? You, you, yeah. It's going to be impossible. That's brand new, mm-hmm. and if it's used, whereas the other side of it, we'll go in and someone say, "Well, I need twenty-five. Well, guess what? You could probably get forty-two, because we see the the projections, we see what's going on with it, and sure enough, we've done that. We've been involved in transactions where other people have turned around and said, "Oh, that's eighty thousand dollars," and myself and Harold put through the numbers and said forty-two to forty, forty-two to fifty. Boom, sold for forty-five. So we know our business. We've been yeah. around long enough to know that. And it's important that you relate that to them because very rarely can you trick one of these contractors. <laughs> they've either worked on that before, they've yeah. bought 10 of them before, they've yeah. sold six of them, the internet. They're not just going to spend 50 grand without... Uh, no, and they yeah. know. Or 100 or 200 right. or half a million. Or a million three. They're not going to yeah, yeah. spend $100,000 when that machine is worth 50. Although I would love to sell it to them for a hundred thousand, it's just not there. They'll say, "No, that one's too expensive." I'll go buy that one for fifty, right? So it's yeah. it's important. And sometimes delivering bad news to the customers or to the sellers—that's part of the gig. Yeah, I know, Mister. Better customer, off telling you, the truth. I know, yeah, Mister. Customer. Front. Yeah, I know, Mister. Customer. You want ninety thousand for it, but I'm sorry, it's only worth fifty. Yeah. If you say that to begin, they might say, "Okay, whatever." But if it ends up going for fifty, then they look at you and say, "Yeah, he was right." Yeah. Or, but if you agree with them, then it's a pipe dream, and then it shows that you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, right? and sometimes the worst thing you can do is agree with somebody. Right, that's you, right. You really and care they, about them. Right. They'll tell test the you. Yeah, they'll yeah, test they'll you. They will, yeah. I want a hundred grand for that, and you yeah. look at him and say, "No, not a problem." Mm. He'll look at me and say, hey, "He doesn't have a clue what he's talking about." Yeah. But if I say, "Yeah, you'd be lucky to get 50 he'd be like, <laughs> "You know what you're talking about." Yeah, and, and he might listen for sixty-five. Sure. Perfect. Yeah, they're always testing you. Oh. Got to be on your toes. You can't fool them. And that's good. These guys have been at this for years, 40, 50 years. These guys have been buying and selling equipment. What are you going to tell them about that? You know what I mean? They know. And that's the beauty of our business that we're into is that we don't need to know what that equipment is always being used for. We have to find it for them. So if someone picks up the phone and says, hey, I'm looking for X, not a problem. That's when we go to work. We don't really get involved. We'll ask. 
Harold's great for it. Why are you using it for? Whenever it might be necessary up. to know at times. Right. But if, yeah. if you're looking for a 325 CAD excavator, you've got a year. It's got to be between six and 7,000 hours. It's a 2012. What do you do? Well, we know where to go. We know who the cat people are. And we go with it. What do you got? Right. Just for some context for our listeners, especially those who could be potential buyers, um, you know, buying, selling, sourcing, and evaluation of, of heavy construction equipment. Uh, so we're dealing with here, you know, commercial, institutional, industrial construction, building construction, civil. Uh, it could be it could be mining. It could be um, forestry. Mm-hmm. I mean, across the board, right? Your your, your revenue streams are coming from. Uh, a lot of different realms. Yeah, they come, you know, when you look at it, there's, yeah, I guess you can say the big four or five. You have your yellow iron, which is your construction, your road builders, and your pavers. Yes. You, and that includes uh, aggregate crushing equipment and everything on that end of it. You have your forestry. We have our truck and transportation. We have our oil and gas, and you have your mining. All five of those. And then you can break out to smaller ones. Yeah. And then you also have, you know, the regular guy who just is looking for an ATV or anything like that. We have that. Or you're looking for a boat. or Snow you're looking removal. For snow yeah. removal equipment. Yeah. Tons of it. We don't sell parts. A lot of people, that was one of our first things. We had a lot of people calling up, well, what about this part? Do you have a bunch of bolts to fit that? We don't do that. It's, we're, yeah. we're into the heavy because it's too small to, for us to be playing with, and we leave that to everybody else. Yeah. We try to stay clear of cars and trucks and stuff I mean, like you that. You could get whatever someone's looking for when it comes to machines oh, across the board. It's just no like you try and stick to your, your yeah. five main pillars there. And we don't want to trap into anybody else's. You know, We're looking at that and say, well, that's not what we're expert at. You can be... You know, master of none and jack of all trades, yeah. right? And yeah. we, we stick to that as much as we can. We, we talk about it a lot, and we see potential where we can go down the road, but in due course. Yeah. But when someone says a forestry, you know, in New Brunswick, they're looking to move something with Irving, or you see something that it's in Ontario, the market of it is, we're getting the calls, and people know that we're part of it. We're part of the associations that deal with that as well, too. Yeah. And through our years that we've had experience, all these guys picked up the phone and said, hey, great job with the business. You want to join an association? Yeah. And what associations are you part of? Canadian Woodlands, Newfoundland and Labrador Road Builders, Nova Scotia Construction Association, Nova Scotia Road Builders, New Brunswick, PEI, all of those, Road Builders and Construction, right. part of the Atlantic uh, Professional Trucking Association. We're part of the Canadian... Any maintenance like Balma or any of those? Like no, they, they we don't, don't buy as much. It's no, not really. A, yeah, but they do come to contact us. Yeah, end of it. Yeah, and a lot of those guys will buy brand new in terms of because they got different regulations and some of those aspects of it. But we're part and parcel that we know someone's connected. So as we grow and develop, you may see more of us branch out. Like the big step with us is the first year. You know, we we'll get everything down, get our brand. Now we're moving more into that and seeing well, where can we go while still trying to keep, you know, what we're true to core relationship building it and what yeah. we see. So we're not limiting anything. You know, mm-hmm. I see us down the road. You know, we've listed, geez, I think we listed a helicopter. Oh, yeah. So we've, we've tried to sell a helicopter. Oh. And, you know, that's that's a different thing. But How'd that go? It hasn't sold yet. But, but hey, that takes the time. Yeah. That's what I look at it. But you know what? The beauty of that is it opens it up. Paper. Yes, we sold paper. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah, you did. You sold paper um, at a Newfoundland in a sea can. And we sold it. Where did that end up going to? It was, uh, yeah, uh, it actually came back here to Nova Scotia. What happened was a guy, a business ended up closing down. They had a big oh, truckload yeah. of paper ordered. Yeah, The trucks got stopped, and uh, the paper had to go. It was $150,000 worth of paper. Holy. So through the jigs and the reels, you just put it online, and you start you sell anything else. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How much of your revenue do you think is from, you know, across the provinces here in Atlanta, Canada, from 
you know, heavy civil contractors, whether big or small, like it's, if it's Dexter's, Dexter's or here in Nova Scotia, if it's a really, there's so many smaller ones too that I find that are pricing more work and yeah. stuff like that, where they excavators and dump trucks. And Atlantic Canada is about 80% of our revenue in terms of where we look at it. Okay. The other 20% represents it global, whether it's in Ontario or wherever it stands. Yeah, so you guys US. are selling any, to a- anywhere. Anywhere, Egypt, Pe- yeah. Puerto Rico, Mexico. We sold. We sold stuff from Newfoundland. You sold stuff to, to Egypt and Puerto Rico in the last year and a half. Yeah, it actually, it was a real good call. And one of the things that we talked about was, I think it was in June of 2021 when we we started to really push through the market. And of course, like anything, you have a couple of three months, you get everything going. You're not selling a lot. We were coming back over the island. We we jumped on board with Sandhills. It was August because we joined, signed up in August, so we had just signed the marketing with Sandhills, and it was through MarketBook. And I was in Central Newfoundland heading back, and Harold was on west coast or at that point of uh, newfoundland and in a matter of five minutes we had like 28 phone calls we listed this that's this truck and truck tractor and we sold it. and that was really our uh, aha that you know what what we're doing is going to work 28 yeah. phone calls in five minutes oh it blew up the phone and he was going and, and when i'm talking to harold yeah. i'm driving i'll stop at a, a construction site which is ironic stopped at a construction site in a place where they were putting in a culvert one of our big supporters of it he was putting it in there we were chatting back and forth and Harold goes, oh, I got another one. I got another call coming in. And they were coming in from everywhere. And I was on the phone stop, and he was in the office or something. And we were laughing. And it was such a way that we realized this is going to work. That yeah. guy came up. That must have been a good feeling when you're like, oh, geez, we were on to something. Definitely. There was yeah. a feeling that, you know, because yeah. we always make fun of it, right? Like, we're two guys with humble beginnings that come from where it stands. And we put together this company that we're having a laugh doing. And people <clears> are both going. both born and raised in Newfoundland, right? Born and raised in Newfoundland. Yeah. yeah. We're born and raised in Newfoundland. Yes, we have experience in terms of what we're doing. But it's like anything. When you start an entrepreneur, is it going to work? In our minds, Oh, that's the, big, that's the hardest part is just the doubt and the uncertainty, <laughs> to, to how you handle the uncertainty. Yeah. yeah and, and that's what makes us so When good. the phone's not ringing. When the phone's <laughs> not ringing or one of us are down, that's yeah. where we feed off each other. And that's sure. like I said. So, yeah. So, what'd you sell to Egypt? What are they using for pyramids? <laughs> we said, well, what did we send well, over there? Well, that's when, when I got into the life Two cycle, truck w- tractors. When I get into the life cycle of a vehicle of, of a rock truck or an excavator, the older they are, yeah. the more demand they are over in Egypt in these places. They don't like sensors. They don't like electronics. So, if if you gave me a 1985 loader right now, I'd sell that to Egypt in three days. Yep. But they won't take a 2015. What's but the they'll take 10. They buy in the U.S. with us. So everything is U.S. Is we'll take like U.S. outside else. of Canada. Yeah. We'll take it that way. That's yeah. it. What, yeah. what else they give it? We're, yeah. we're not too worried about it. Not too worried about we'll that. take the U.S. conversion. What, what about the uh, language barriers with these global people? Like, Is it always somebody that... Uh, it, yeah. The English the English exactly. language in terms of they, what we find with them, and again, it's, you know, there's usually a broker or another person on the other yes. side that handles it. Yeah, they, they take it back forth. and forth. And, yeah. and, and hey... And then they take the loader or something like that, ship it to Montreal, cut it in half, put, put it in a container. And that's how they get it through a sea can, ship it over the, there, the ocean, yeah. and put it back together for two hundred dollars. Yeah, that's it. That's what so they weld yeah. a piece of machinery like that back together and have two hundred dollars like that. How? I don't ask how. <laughs> Sometimes, Dad, <laughs> not, my problem. Not, not my problem. Not my problem, Dad. <laughs> Sometimes, hey, look, the money's good. Yeah, once it, leave, once it leaves Newfoundland, once it leaves Newfoundland, once it leaves Atlantic Canada. They'll tell you. They'll tell you. Not, you uh, get it to Montreal, I chop up, put it in a container. When it gets here, I put back together, boss, $200. Yeah, so no so problem. that's where a lot of them are coming here to Nova Scotia then, because I live yes. close to the pier down here at Point Pleasant Park, and the sea cans are coming in every day, whether it's from yep. Europe or New York yep. or wherever. So they're coming in, coming in on those a this, lot of times. If some are coming in on those. Depending where they're, and they're going from. out. Yeah. yeah, our stuff is going over there in containers. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy loaders. how they disassemble the, those big machines eh, to get them in those yeah. oh, sea cans. Yeah. 
If I, that's what I'm saying. If anybody's listening, you got an old loader, call me because they're dying for them over there. Yeah, graders, yeah. loaders, they can't get it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And not just newer, not newer stuff. We're talking. 2000s. So it's not that hard to get top dollar for certain pieces of gear where they're really desirable, wherever globally they might be desired. Yeah, as long as you're realistic with your yeah. pricing, you're not yeah. going to get the $50,000 that you paid for brand new, yeah. but you'll get what it's worth as a 1985 full, yeah. full block. What about a guy who wants a 20-ton or 9-ton excavator and he's got a job start in Monday? Do you get a lot of calls like that where it's just unrealistic how quick they want it? And like, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you have lots of stories of... Yeah, but sometimes you can't do it. No. You know, you, so what I would do if you did that, the first thing I'd do is I'd send a group text to all my guys. Guys, I got a hot guy looking for a loader. He's in Coming a bad in way. And a lot of guys sometimes will go to a contractor and say, I got one, but I'm, I, you know, I don't really want to sell it, but I can switch that uh, switch that one out and make it work. So, yeah, I can, I can do yeah. it. Take that one. Take that yeah. one. And yeah. I, I can make my jobs work. Right. You take that one and go from there. And so aside from Eastern Frontier and, the you know, everybody being local and, and the way that you're, you know, dealing with relationships, all your experience and, and the team being, uh, you know, in every province, uh, what like what's the competitive advantage for sourcing? Like you guys have to have such a prime network to be able to just, you know, you get a, you get a text like that, you plug it into the, yeah. to the cloud and, and away you go trying to find something from yeah, God yeah. knows where. And, and that's, you know, connecting what? dots and that's yeah, the you job. Yeah, you send right? emails, but then I get to the phone calls. Yeah. yeah. Sir, have you seen one of these in the last six months? Do you know where I can find one? Like, you know what I mean? And they'll be honest. If they can help you out, they can, they'll help you out. Yeah. And that's that's the difference of it, right? You know, you get something. You don't get stuck in a funnel and say, yeah, just wait a second. You know, we'll take it. We flip it back. I get the phone call. Goes out to the team. Harold gets it way to go. We've got Lonnie, who, like we said, is from PEI, and he's an, our air manager in PEI, mm-hmm. but he's our lead coordinator. Then he gets jumps in, and he picks up. And with our sales that we've had in the last year and a half that we've started with, we have those people that we know about that are always looking for it and the leads that are coming in. You know, don't forget, we have get people, two or three people to come in and do inquiries. We take those leads who capture that. We categorize it and say, you know, this is the type of guy, he's into paving. Great. We've got some paving equipment coming up. Harold, we've got five or six pavers. We need a couple of rollers. Perfect. Who do we go? So we'll reach out to New Brunswick, PEI, Nova Scotia. Hey, guys, you're looking for it as early as this morning. I'll even give the story last night and this morning. Yesterday, we had a cement truck that came in, took a picture of it. We knew the guy, called the guy. Offer's gone in today. As far as this morning, Harold and I meeting this morning. We had something come up that was listed in New Brunswick. We picked up the phone right off the bat, called the guy that I said to Harold, I think they're looking for one. Boom, he's interested in it right away. So we're, we're making those connections even before it hits our website. And that is, yeah. gives the competitive advantage. And what you see is that it doesn't make a difference if it's $3,500 or it's 350000 or $3.5 million. We put the same amount of energy, yeah. and we're actually happier at the $3,500 sale forklift. Forks, for example, 46-inch forks is what we had with it, 48-inch. We sold one of those 32. I was happier that day we did it because why? That customer needed it, and we had it done for most stuff to find. Yeah, so for our listeners, I mean, I'm looking at your website now, like Mulching Head, yeah. 2015 Komatsu Harvester. You got a 132-inch bucket, end dump trailer, sleeper truck tractor. So just because it's not on the website doesn't mean that we, you might not be able to get it really fast. Oh, that's for right. For anyone who's listening. It's because they could be checking out your website right now or as they see clips and as they... We transacted... We got a lot of inventory on there, but yeah, even if it's not there. We transacted four deals this week that never even made it to the internet. 
Just because yeah, just keep supplying the went, Came you, went, came you needed went. it. Yeah. I saw it. We we don't I'm sure that it. happens a lot. Yeah, yeah it does. Yeah. yeah. www.easternfrontier.ca. Check it out. <laughs> yeah. So let's so so yeah. Newfoundland, Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, PEI. Do you have yards in every province where you have some of the gear sitting there? No. No. This, this is all a virtual sales team. It's a virtual sales team. The yard, the equipment stays in the yards of the owners. Of the owners. They can use it or they can go wherever. That's we, where these pictures are coming from. Like, it, or maybe even the site it's being used on. Could be on the site yeah. it's used for. Yeah. Our guys go out and take pictures. Everything is done out of it. They get as many angles they can. They get a video shot of it. The unit can keep working, like Harold said. So the guys like that. And then we got a guy interested. You yourself, you said, hey, I'm interested in that 320 excavator. You got, you call Harold or you call one of the team. Okay, can I go take a look at it? Yeah. All right, we got to check and see where it is. It's right. on Highway 15, head up the road, take the exit to Muscadabit, way to go. Yeah, so Guys strictly act. agency kind of That's scenario. Right. Yeah. yeah, acting as an agent. Yeah, and the important thing to notice about that, because when you do get into big auction sites, and I mean, there's a lot of money that comes in there. For example, if you wanted to sell 10 pieces and the auction was in Moncton, You'd have to transport all those ten pieces up the mountain. Yeah, it's not right? realistic. Eh? Well, it, it it happens because you want exposure and stuff like that. But the days now with the internet and exposure, it's yeah. So it's online auctions are you do these monthly? We do them according to what the customer co- needs. Right. So, but quite often. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. You yeah. might do an online auction for one item, or is it always? We'll a take it wherever. It, yeah. Our auctions go every week. Yeah. We can have an auction every week because our our whole platform, and that's the beauty of it. And this is the, the big thing of talking about it. And the auction is a different platform than our listing. Yeah. Excuse me. But the auction aspect of it is, you we can sell every which way. So it's Eastern Frontier. We put it in a greater auction, and the greater auction is a worldwide global one with Sandhills and Market Book called Auction Time. Right. So your this is where the sourcing comes in, right? Well, this is where the the Auction Time, and that's the partner. Sandhills has a platform they called Auction Time, and it happens every week, and it's on every Wednesday. Our equipment that you sign up through Eastern Frontier, we put you in that. So there's at times ten thousand pieces of equipment, but your piece that's in, and I'll just use this for example in in Cornerbrook, Newfoundland or in Ecomsecum, Nova Scotia, mm-hmm. you may say, well, gee whiz, John, who's going to look at it? Everybody. And then all of a sudden the phone the phones rings, the calls, the bids, and you don't know it. But a city next to your piece that's in Muscadabit could be looking at one in Alabama. So it's part of a greater auction, but the source of it pushing it out first is us into this platform, and we have that platform readily available to us So every Wednesday. So we pick and choose when. And but the customer's the cust- paying for the transportation if it is coming from... Oh, the, the, the buyer does, yeah. The buyer does. For that. Oh, the buyer does. Yeah. So that could be a thirty thousand increase in cost, totally. easy. Yeah, and the yeah. buyer's made aware of that directly. Out or two hundred, like the like the uh, two hundred thousand, like the. Yeah, but the guys know paving. that. Yeah, the guys know that. The guys front. expect yeah. that. Yeah, they brought all the equipment here, and sometimes like it wasn't free. That's the closest one you're going to get, that's right? Or the only one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, the supply chain right now is in a real pickle. Uh, when everybody, when COVID happened, a lot of, I guess you guys know, the, the microchips are the big issue, right? So anything that had a microchip in it now is well, well behind schedule. Vehicles, trucks, anything like that. So that's when the big demand came on the used equipment, right? So now you can't get new equipment. So all of a sudden people are doing, they're basically getting what they can. And, it, and they'll go anywhere to get it because they don't want to wait. So what, how many people, how many buyers or potential buyers would be on an online auction in a week? Thousands. It, it, yeah, it depends. Like, yeah. And they, you know, they could be from anywhere. Anywhere, wherever it stands at, we get the inquiry. And the other part of our benefit of us that other auction companies are not doing that we do, that piece of equipment, we can sell that up to a week before. So let's say we've got it listed for f- six weeks typically when it's going to auction. It says on our website, going to auction. 
you can still come in and make an offer on that, but it's not going to be a low one. You know, we know that it would have to be because you're getting three or four people in an auction. But if you need that piece of equipment today, the auction's the 28th of of say October, yeah, you can buy that with us right yeah, off the bat. You don't have to wait for it. You an don't have to. You wait. guys are not just no. you know online auction. It, it's the, it's both and yeah. right. And yeah. even if it's in auction yeah. up until a week before that date, like we have our next big auction happening September the twenty. And if it's bought before, it just comes off the auction. Just comes right? off. And the you auction might lose box. a thousand members of the auction because they're looking at that piece, but you have another hey, thousand you, looking. Yeah, yeah. You pick up the phone. You look at it and say, "Oh, I was waiting for that truck. Oh, yeah. I should have bought it. I was waiting to, to try right. to get it cheaper at auction." Yes, that's and that would be the reason most people would. You'd be like, oh, I shouldn't have waited. And then next auction, you're like, well, I'm not waiting yeah. because last yeah. time I waited to get that truck, yeah. a week before someone took it on me. Yeah, so the I variables is supply and demand. It's the exactly. price. And then it's the individual buyer's schedule and, and what they have coming up and yeah. whether or not it's filled and you know right. how soon they need it. There's a, a few key variables there where right. they might, might just want to buy it. Yeah, you might have a pickup and you say, we'll say the best thing for you now is we'll market it for eight weeks. And you'll say, I need this gone right away. We could do it in 10 days. It's not we don't recommend it, but... You know, if you're willing to just do, but we can accommodate whatever. Or you even, need. yeah, the seller might want the cash too. He might yeah. say, "I need this in ten yeah. days." And yeah. Or we'll say, "Well, we, well, we actually think we should wait six to eight weeks." We can get more. That'll be yep. more marketing, yeah. more. You know, that'll drive the yeah. price up. And he'll say, "He Unless might he can't say, make his payroll next week." <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that happens. Which happens, yeah. Or he might say, "You know, take ten weeks. Yeah. Take as long as you want." You know what I mean? Do your thing. So we're totally flexible on as far right. as what they do. Every situation is different. Yeah. Every, every piece of gear is a little different. Every, yeah. Yeah. And some guy might have it listed for us for, you know, three or four weeks. And he says, yeah, you know what? Take that throat in the next auction. You yeah. know, I don't want to be dealing with that in the wintertime. I don't mm-hmm. want to be going out and cleaning the snow off it or send my guys up to kick the battery. Let's get it gone. Yeah. And they move it that way. So it is comes down to what's right for the customer yeah. and what the customer says to us. And we try to make it fit. Yeah. yeah. So you guys said 80% of your sales are within Atlanta, Canada. Yeah. Twenty uh, percent not is not, and that could be from anywhere, from Egypt to the states or yeah. wherever. But so, how is it common that you're moving a piece of gear, whether it be a, you know, something for paving or snow removal equipment or a dump truck or an excavator from one province to another, like cycling around? Or well, do a lot of times you get something from outside Atlanta, Canada for these? Well, for these what happens local. is, what happens is the snowball effect. If you're in BC and you buy a forestry piece of equipment from us and you ship it out. 99 times out of 100, you've replaced it with something. So now you got a piece that you don't longer need anymore because you're upgrading, right? You're yeah. going from a 2013 to a 2020. So we'll say, well, why don't we sell the 2013 for you? And they he could it. be in BC. And he say, okay, yeah, I'll list that with you guys. Yeah. And then we'll talk him because we don't have representation on BC. But if we can develop that relationship, we can show him how to take the pictures. Yeah. Tell them exactly what we need for details, yeah, and then get that to us, and we can say location BC, uh, everything reroutes through our computer guy. He'll market it properly, right? And we'll just location is BC, and we'll sell it to wherever. So, is there a detriment for the auctions where a lot of people buying these big pieces of equipment, they're going to want to take a trip up here to see it, or even if it's from Newfoundland and Nova Scotia, or you know, over to to yep. PEI, uh, you're not doing that in the auction, right? You're you're there, and you're. We do that with every piece. Every right. piece because they're going to want to come and see it and inspect it for themselves, no matter Somehow. how much info you can give them. I would say fifty-five to sixty percent of the times they'll make sure they'll come. A lot of the times, when we go back to it, they're educated buyers. They know exactly what that piece is. Yeah. So if I've got forty-five pictures of that piece and a video, a and, video and it's pictures. and it's maintenance records and yeah. everything like that, 
they can make a pretty good guess. They've got they've got them already to the, to the used car industry, right? Definitely, you know, that's a lot. A yep. lot of times now, there's there's enough video, enough pictures, even on job sites when there's a demo yep. or a reno. There's enough stuff from the project manager on videos and pictures that you don't have to go to the site. Yeah. It's kind of the same idea. And COVID yeah. helped us. I still like to go though. A lot of people. Yeah, but like we'll, you said, we'll show the bad too. We'll yeah. show the yeah. bad. Make sure you show. You don't want to hide that because yeah. what happens is that gets to the destination that's sold, and yeah. it says, "Well, what about this?" Then you're in and the that's world in the of contract, pain. right? Because yeah. that's not, yeah. Yeah. So we we expose that. Used equipment, they expect stuff to be wrong with it. It's not going to be 110% every time. It's 10 years old. Mm -hmm. But you get ahead of it. There's always some risk. Yeah, yeah, you get ahead of it, and you expose the good stuff, you expose the bad, and uh, normally you come to a common ground. And and the other side of it, a lot of these guys, like we said, they've been, they're buying used equipment anyway, right? Their biggest thing of it is they don't have the time. They don't have the time right now. They're building, like here in Halifax, you know, 46 tower cranes around here. These guys are looking for equipment. You got to find a guy to go. He's the end of five. This is our business, so we are greater than someone says. You know, we're the customer. We're always for the customer. We're part of their business. And that's the source of it, and that's the sourcing aspect of it. The customer will say, yeah, like "You know the what, back John? end, yeah. yeah." And they don't have to worry about it. Yes, we do receive a. a that's part of how we could pay the commission on the seller side of it. But if you're looking for something, it doesn't cost you a dime to pick us up and use us. That's what we got for. We got guys on the street that are in everybody's yard. We know what's going yeah, on. Unless you're making a purchase. Unless you're buying you're brand new. You're not paying a commission fee. No. Until that happens. Right? Well, if you're purchasing, you don't pay commission to us unless it's a, a buyer's fee on an auction. But in terms of it, the, the price is the price. We've already negotiated from the seller's aspect of right. it in terms of that commission, wherever it ranges that. Yeah. And that part of it, that's what we like about it. But the biggest part, and this is where we want more and more people in the four Atlantic provinces to realize, look, you may have a guy that is, you know, your purchaser, he's buying some equipment, he's sourcing it, but you've got him doing th three or four different things. Hey, drop that. Give us a call. We've got guys on the street. That is our business. And like I've always said to the guys, you're in the paving, that's your paving business. I'm not a mechanic. I bring it to the, I bring my car to the shop to get fixed. Yeah. I'll go out and tinker with it. It won't run the same way, no. but I bring it to the experts. And in our end of it, that is us. Yeah. That's our yeah. experts. We're the sources. We know where we're going. We're in everybody's yeah. crib yeah. Yeah. or in everybody's kitchen, as Harold says, and we're <laughs> yeah. there. And another thing, too, a lot of these guys uh, have and these contracts, they have deadlines. They have they have to be pretty firm deadlines too, oh, especially yeah. like I'm assuming a lot of them are public tenders, right? When oh yeah, it comes to these, we're talking these thousands a day after. Yeah, like if you're late, you're getting charged thousands yeah. a day. So, so and they're you, probably two one to two year contracts. Typically, right. these aren't short contracts. Right. So what happens is you're six months and you're almost done, and your gear breaks down. Yeah, you need gear quick. You need it now. You need to call. You oh yeah, one week without it, it's going to cost you. Right. Like six you got twenty twenty guys over there waiting. Right, yeah. so it's to the point where they need yeah. it, and if and if you can follow through and get them through that stuff, yeah. that's where the street cred comes in, yeah. and that's when the second phone call comes. Yeah, right. So, do you guys do any like telehandlers and stuff for construction yep. sites? Everything. All that kind of stuff too, yeah. right? Man lifts, telehandlers, yeah. generators, uh, heating, yeah. heat, yeah. heat pumps, right. everything. Yeah. Scissor yeah. lifts. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. we'll target market right. So we wouldn't send those scissor lifts to the forestry guys. We'd send those to the guys who are buying service lifts. Yeah. And if we hooked a forestry package, we'd send it to all the forestry guys. Okay. We wouldn't general market No, it. that's right. We're not right. going to throw it out in the abyss. Yeah. We'll say, okay, here's all our woodlands in New Brunswick. Make sure they all see it. Who's yeah. in Newfoundland running equipment like that? Make yeah. sure they see it, right? Yeah. yeah, you might send 10 scissor lifts to a building envelope company or an electrician. Right. right. You're not yeah. going to send them to a forestry guy, right? So with being a small company like that, we can target market where we want. And we'll say to the guys on our Monday call, we meet every Monday 
<laughs> we have a motivational Monday meeting. I usually bring in some guest speaker from. Anyway, we try to get in depth with it. But that's when we'll all come on right and say, I'll say, okay, uh, Jody, what do you got going on? Uh, he'll say, well, I, I just signed up 10 drive-ins. Okay, well, all right, Nicole, let's plan on who we're going to do this and target with this. Let's target this. Rich, let's get these into, this, into the upper United States. You know what I mean? And then we, all, we, we say, ready, go, and we all go. And then, and then you throw in the component, well, okay, you got someone who's interested, he's made an offer, now he needs the transportation. Oh, and by the way, he needs financing. Perfect. We've, we've aligned ourselves with different financing between here and Nova Scotia. We've aligned ourselves with the major five banks. We're tied in with a great company called CapEquip, which is based out of Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, and also further. So we'll put them in touch with a financing company that can do whatever they need to do with it. And they, yeah. put the, they handle it, which leaves our guys out of the financial, you know, what's going on because the adverse effect as well. You know everybody when you're selling equipment, if everybody knows you got the finances, you know, Atlantic Canada yeah. is always safeguarded against that. That's just our nature yeah. of who we are. So we get, we invite somebody else in with finance. They'll take the take, take the lead. They'll deal with it. They pick us up. Not a problem. Trans- right. Transaction so takes, is done. It takes a lot of relationships and a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, partnerships. And, you know, like you said, you're part of so many associations just to, to be that central hub for these people to, as an agency, to get from point A to B, these, all these pieces of gear. And, and, Definitely. And then yeah. the other part of it then is the seller. You know, making sure that we get that contact with the seller and let them know, okay, this is the stage we're at. We've got an accepted bid. All our bids go back to the seller. So whether it's listed at fifty thousand, you got an offer at fifteen thousand. Harold brings it to them and says, "Look, we got an offer at fifty thousand, fifteen thousand on fifty thousand dollar item." They're going to, you know, a lot of people sometimes, but we're not yeah. afraid to letting them know. Some people take it as this way: well, you're embarrassing them and things. Insulted? No, it's not. If you're buying some equipment and you're the buyer. You're going to put in and try to get it as cheap as you can. That's human of nature. Course, yeah. So if it's listed for fifty, you say, "Well, let's offer them fifteen. Or usually they're not that low. They may come in at thirty. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a starting point. Now you may say, "You know what? Yes, I only paid twenty-five for it." We don't know that. We've had situations where someone says, "Well, I got it listed for fifty, got an offer of thirty. I paid twenty-five for it. Ah, I was trying to get forty, but I'll take the thirty. But you know what I mean? That's yeah, it. Yeah. So that's that's the communication part, and yeah. that's you don't get that by sending a text or an email. You get that by sitting face to face and talking to them about their equipment and understanding what they're looking for and knowing what they want. Right. So we tie into that. So would this be a scenario that might you might see within your team as far as like looking ahead and looking for what might be popular? Like, are you guys kind of following things like the cans pipeline or what's the big public tenders that might be coming out yeah. for transportation and highways and well, we're watching, mining? And you're always absolutely. watching that, right? So we're, we, you know we're going to have a good year for for dump trucks or whatever. Yeah. Like, Yeah, you, well, you get a lot of that. You get a lot of those mining jobs. And, and you get a lot of stuff that comes natural. So... Seasonal, for example, now loaders and plow trucks are hot, whereas asphalt spreaders are starting to slow down a bit, right? So now we're pumping snow equipment and everything like that. And then everything, as that transcends into winter, then spring is coming. Then you're into your aggregate and you're crushing and your forestry. It's very seasonal too. You know what I mean? So it's seasonal that way. But there's so much equipment for each season that it's just almost a natural cadence, right? Yeah. So you take, you know, you take right now, you know, like we said earlier, Fiona's going on, and you know, with what's going to happen here, my, you know, first things our conversation this morning was, you know, there's going to be a lot oh, of wind, there's going to be up. trees down around, so you're going to have people maybe looking at cutting the trees, they're going to look at doing it. In New Br- in no- Ontario, we had a huge hit on the forestry end of it when, uh, if you recall, I think it was back in May and June, the big tornado went through Ontario, and they had all these hectares, thousands of hectares being yeah. destroyed. We had a huge, huge call, and we sold four pieces of forestry equipment to Ontario. And it was strictly because of that. So we knew mm. what was coming on. Yeah. Our, we were educating our, our, our sellers. 
because if we know something's going to, hey, this would be a good yeah, time. Yeah, you're now. prepared for right. what so might come. Trying to get ahead of it. Yeah. We, we don't know if we it's always get ahead. It's not that. easy. Yeah. It no. keeps us up late at night. And, and we yeah. don't like seeing it. We're, Hard to speculate, too, because you don't know exactly, right? <laughs> no, and, yeah. and we don't want to see major damage. And yeah. nobody wants to see catastrophic damage. But in reality, heavy equipment is what fixes it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Insurance uh, and heavy equipment are the well, two. Yeah. You know what I that's mean? Right. It, yeah. It's got to be done, whether we like it or not. No, Nobody exactly. likes to see it. Well, that's part of your business. Yeah, well, yeah. and that's part Good of the Good thing that yeah. you're there, though. I mean, well, someone has it. to clean well, it up. The right? contractors are there. Yeah, the contractors guys, yeah. are the ones that deserve a lot of the credit. Well, they're too. facing it head on. You yeah. know, these trees are crumpled over and power lines and everything like that. That's got to be oh. done, and it's got to be done right away. Yeah, that's what we're going to see probably here. I mean, by the time, like I said, this is pre, this is Friday. September 23rd, you know, Fiona is supposed to hit around 10 tonight here in Nova Scotia. Yep. So we're, uh, this is pre-Fiona, pre, pre but it'll drop post-Fiona. Yeah. I'm sure that's well, exactly what we're going to see. You're going to have Nova Scotia have power. There's going to be yeah. bucket trucks going around. There's going to be, like, yeah. there's going to be an insane amount of heavy equipment in the cleanup. Like I said, we don't no. like seeing it, but it's part of it. But yeah. the, the fact that we're here. The fact that we can do it, we can help quicker, help those contractors get it fixed up, get everything back yeah, to normal. Yeah, that's again. how the community can look at it. It's because right. of Eastern Frontier and the contractors, we can we can have things back to normal faster. Yeah, yeah. And, and and you know we're part of we're part of the solution. You know we don't like being part of the problems, but we're part of the solution. And the big thing with us is okay, that's that's what we need to do. Let's find out. Let's get ahead mm-hmm. of it. What are we going to do in the winter? Yeah. You talk about the mines. You know the mining industry is starting to lift and starting to move forward. You have that. You still have the pipeline uh, opportunity coming across and stuff that you see happening out in Ontario, in New BC, in Manitoba. We're watching that all the time, and even down into the states, we're seeing what's as far going as on. The that mining market. industry, mining, it, just everything in all yeah. the industries. We're, we're pretty astute to that. Yeah. And you're wondering what's going on in the U.S. You know, as inflation, as different things in the U.S. You know, the roads, the construction, yeah. all currency, those people coming. Currency, up. Value, currency is yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think today uh, it's a dollar thirty-six or something like that yeah. in terms of. So guess what? The Americans are calling. So how's the hike in fuel prices affected your business it's in the last three months? Well, it's in which way. Who it's wants to run a piece of gear that takes diesel? Right. Uh, it's so, exactly. So it, it helps us in, in weird ways where nobody wants to run it. So all of a sudden you say, I'm done. Yeah. I'm sick of this. I'm going on strike and I'm well, not no, running I'm done. this thing. I'm, I've made I'm, my money. I'm I've had a good right, run. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to do this anymore. Harold, here's 10 pieces of equipment. I'm sick of paying $160. Sure, so all of a sudden, yeah. yeah. So people are selling when they're down. But then all of a sudden, well, that well, my buddy always says that we're they say we're recession proof, but I don't. I'm not sure if that's the case. But when times are bad, people sell stuff because they need the money, they, they need, need the, the cash. cash. Mm-hmm. But when times are good, they buy stuff. Yeah, because the economy is good, the infrastructure is going, roads are being built, and it's just the, the economy is booming. So would you say since a year and a half ago, when when you started Eastern Frontier, that it's been was a good time to start. I mean, you're kind of post-pandemic in a way, maybe a little bit in the heat of it, but things kind of started to pick up. They never slowed down. No. They never slowed down in construction, but did they slow down in mining? Did they slow down in transportation? Did they slow down in But it gave us time things? to think. Yeah. It, it, things <laughs> Finally, did, yeah. For, a, for a change. <laughs> it, it, you know, your segment changed. All right, so we deal in segments. So, you know, you deal in the yellow iron segment, the construction, you have transportation. So, okay, uh, transportation, as you know, fuel prices now are high. But you still have to move things. So things have to be done. People just look to bring it closer. The construction market. We did see COVID. P- 
people saying, well, gee, I can't get going. It did take a little slow with it, but it didn't hurt us. At that point in time, no. that actually made us stronger because we were thinking, okay, how do we get our message across? How do we have to do it? So we really took the online marketing. We know how to do it live. We've been around doing it live in, in the old-fashioned relationship for years, being the Newfoundlanders and being Atlantic Canadians. So we took the online component of it. It actually educated, COVID educated the buyer and the seller without us having to educate the buyer and the seller. It was what's being done all over globally. So people were then going online. So what we did is we tailored our website to make it easier, slicker, nice, user-friendly. We didn't want to complicate anybody mm-hmm. because we're not the brightest. So we took it ourselves and we said, okay, let's make this easy. So COVID helped us on that end of it. The part that probably, you know, when we look at segments, okay, we had that run idea with we couldn't cross over the border. So the U.S. coming up and buying, okay, no problem. Well, the guys in Ontario that normally buy in the U.S., they looked elsewhere and they came to Atlantic Canada. And what it did with us with our model, you had four grow economy just within itself, which is huge because now we're not relying so much on outside. outside so it's actually yeah. helped us. Right. Yeah. And when COVID hit, obviously, when we get back into those microchips, you couldn't, they couldn't manufacture new. So our, our, our spike in truck tractors went absolutely insane because if you were going to buy a new one now, you got to wait 18 months to get a new one in. That's Until too long. the chips were available to have them. Yeah, yeah, so now, yeah. so what happened is these companies jumped off uh, building the microchips to jump on to make hand sanitizer and jump really on Right, they mass. stopped their whole operation yeah, and went to... To help yeah. with a global pandemic, yeah. which put the whole microchip issue like years behind yeah and they just happened to have a setup that was that was acceptable <laughs> yeah. to, to produce those really fast make right. a quick transition and, and but go what it did way. was it set the whole supply chain back 18 months so yeah. guys that ordered a mixer truck uh, tw- uh 12 13 months is still not in yet and they yeah. still can't get a date so that just meant everybody said whoa wait a second we can't get new let's gobble up all the used we can yeah. until the supply chain this gets is why people normal. study for for years to become experts in procurement and logistics and that's it's, right. it's, it's yeah. quite a but it's supply so and many demand. variables your i mean it's week, interesting it's your interesting first week but in but economics you learn supply and demand sure yeah that's true yeah so yeah. you know that's that's where we've seen it we've seen it come with it and of course you know I've always looked at it and I always go back, you know, the four provinces of Atlantic Canada, you know, you have the, the big mothership is Ontario. That's where everything is the center of the universe. Toronto, everyone believes that's it in terms yeah. of the Canadian end of it. And sometimes the four provinces don't always get the new equipment coming right away. It comes across to Toronto or gets off the boat in Montreal. It stops and waiting on someone else picks it up. So our availability of having the used equipment and making it such a way that our guys in everywhere, we've created, like I said, our own little ship and own little destination for some of the right. stuff that people are trading back and forth and buying right and would, they're like good would, would any large like i mean like vast corporate companies like cn rail or like amazon for the logistics like for their trucks and all their stuff on the would they ever buy used gear and then and then kind of or that's all that's all taken care of it like you're not selling to anybody that's that, on that level right most of your clients are kind of mid-range or uh. It could happen, right? It, it could, yeah. It could. I mean, they just might have a, a gap in their logistics, right? Let's say east of Ontario or something. And yeah. All of a sudden, they've got to buy, I don't know, some 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 dump trucks or something to, Definitely. for transportation. Yeah. And they might just not be able to, you know. They can't get them. Can't yeah, get they them might new need ones. 10 of them. Well, you know, you run into cases. And they right just now. paint them and, and put their logo on them or whatever, right? That's it. Yeah. And, and we see that now. You know, you have yeah. a lot of projects that are, are going on that are getting ready to ramp up in all of Atlantic Canada. And you're seeing that the, the equipment is not there because of, like Harold mentioned, some of the microchips or just the manufacturers has not stepped up the OEMs yet to get it done. So now the delay has affected, you know, six months, seven months. Now they're turning to us and they're saying, hey, 
we're looking for five of this or six of this, or we want this to brought into our fleet. Can we do that? We got to wait another three weeks, three months down the road. They're calling us and saying, can you get it? And that's where we see the traction. Yeah. And that's where we see that, Hey, this is moving mm -hmm. because we're in Atlantic Canada. And when you say, you know, if you got Amazon or if you got Swift or Canadian tire, a lot of these guys buy brand new. Like yeah. that's their model because they, yeah. there's so much liability that they run through with used in terms of it and, and some aspect of it. The smaller ones. And that's that their whole at, business is the back end. That's and they're right. so vast that they, yeah, they you just take know. care of that. In it's but we'll take anything they want to yeah. sell. We'll yeah. bring it all in to sell yeah. it in terms of the yeah. used end of it. But yeah. they may be looking for, and again, it comes down to the economics. This, you know, your Canadian Tire, huge company all across Canada may be looking for a forklift in their Dartmouth Crossing branch. Sure. All right. So the manager picks up the phone. Where can I get it? Well, I'm yeah. not going to buy it at Ontario. I can get one here. I just need one five or six years old, and that's when the call comes in. It needs yeah. to be this. It needs to be a heister. It has to have this. Yeah. It has to have that. Or a machine with a plow for you know, or five of them for the parking lots in, in all of Nova Scotia or something. Definitely. Right? And then you also get, and we, we've partnered up, and you know we have a lot of the guys that are brokers themselves that they'll pick up, and they'll say, hey, I can buy that from you because I got a guy that I know in northern Ontario that I've been dealing with, and I can sell it to him and flip it and make a bit of money on that side. Yeah. And when you're talking these big conglomerates, you're talking seaboards and you're, you know, yeah. all the... They're spreadsheet to spreadsheet. When they buy a piece new, they got already. They've already got the date picked out when they're going to sell it, right? They've already got that all that built in. So yeah, it's the cycle is just part of it. Yeah, system. they're buying twenty twenty two. Once that hits five hundred thousand kilometers, that spreadsheet of that year of vehicles could be a thousand vehicles. Yeah, get rid of them. We don't want them anymore. Yeah. it doesn't matter what they go for. We want them off our books. We don't want to maintain the engines anymore. We don't want to put tires on them anymore. We don't want to put inspections on them anymore. So they say spreadsheet to spreadsheet, sell it. Then with, that's when we take that, put it to the auction, and they're gone. You know yep. what I mean? Then they got, well, th what happens now is they can't get new rigs now. So these 1,000 rigs that they were expecting to come in 2022 are mm -hmm. not here yet. Mm -hmm. So they're keeping their old ones. And a lot of some of the companies, actually some of the companies around locally are hiring individual trucks to keep them going in the meantime until the supply chain comes mm -hmm. back to order. Mm -hmm. They'd rather hire you, give you an extra $100 a day while they're waiting for the new trucks to come in. Right. The history and tracking on all this gear, like you're talking about the chips, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, tell us a little bit about, for just our listeners that aren't aware of how that how that works. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, just, is that how you kind of tell where the, like the, the process of what the, what the piece of machinery has been through with the chip? No, no, no. Chips are in everything. Chips are in the phones. It's just, it's a big, massive, they're in every piece. They're into the heads. Okay. In, yeah. Okay. So it's, that's just a, a very much of a general. Yeah. Okay. I get you now. Thing. I get you now. So what about the, the background of a piece of gear? Like, is that logged every time it switches hands? Is, are you guys responsible yeah. for some of that too? No. Well, a lot of these, well, these big Caterpillar and these John Deere, and what, they have cat telematics. So every time that serial number gets ran, they can search the engine and the computer. Yes. But I yes. thought that's what you were referring to when you were saying chips, but no. you just mean generically chips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Chips yeah, for everything. No, for everything. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. I, get, I get it. Yeah, we, yes. don't, we don't track, you know, where it's come from, where it's going and stuff like that. Our end of it is the chips. The chip end of it would be the the microchip, you know, whether they make the system start, whether they use yeah, the yeah. hour meter and stuff like sure. that. Cluster That's, board, whatever. Yeah. Whatever, whatever yeah. they, the, yeah. whatever the IT guys do with it, I don't know. You know yeah, exactly. The old. The old uh, make and break engine, yeah. that stuff I know, the new chip end of it. Everything now, you know, you got a mechanic, it's a technician now. Yeah. You know, he's got to plug yeah. in first and work it up on a laptop right. on that end of it. So yeah. that's that's my so it's the 80%, sorry, were you no, going to say something? No, the 80% of your uh, revenue within Atlanta, Canada, would you say it's kind of split evenly between those four or five pillars, like you mentioned, forestry, 
uh, what'd you call it? Yellow. Um, we call it construction yellow iron. What does that come from? It just yeah, most just of the yellow that. iron is yellow. Most of the construction, think about it, there's a couple of orange ones out yeah, there. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but most of sense. primarily the big cat, the John Deere's, the Komatsu's, yeah. yeah. the Volvo's, yellow they're iron. all yellow. So okay. that's just, I guess that's industry slang. Yeah. The yellow iron, we move the yellow iron, you got your truck tractors. So, yeah, Go ahead, so it's kind of evenly between those. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty good. It, it goes on it, the timing it, range. And again, that's kind of seasonal, right? Yeah. Forestry might pick up at a certain time of year. Construction is probably pretty pretty consistent. Yeah, it goes here. take a dip down a in the people, winter. Right, yes. Right, for our provinces, you know, you yeah. go down, you see it go. But there's still people moving and selling. And then your transportation is in there, your vocational trucks, you know, your cube vans, your your flat decks, your 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 lifting equipment, anything like that. So it all mixes in around. But for province-wise yeah. and for... Uh, segment, it's pretty well equal across the board yeah. at the 80%. You know, you may be higher in one and the other, but it just comes across the availability of the equipment that you have, too. Sure. So It's also a lot of, a lot of it's got to do with political, you know, yeah. with what kind of state that each province is in. Right now, when you're, when I'm, I'm in every province right now, and it's an absolute pleasure to drive around Nova Scotia and see all the construction and <laughs> the people working and now hiring yeah. some jobs like i think that's fantastic and not every not every province is like that right now yeah. newfoundland is in a bit of a turmoil they're in a bit of a down so so and new brunswick is PEI you know the brunswick is pretty strong as well pei is not doing too bad as well well pei is actually in a bit of a uh, downturn now because predominantly is firm um uh Farming over there and the price of fertilizer and stuff like that right. has gone to the roof. Farmers must be clients of yours. At, at yes. Oh, yeah. Tractors, combines, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. But they're finding it really high right now because the supply is very expensive. They're doubling, tri- triple the cost of what they were last year. Yeah. So you might see a little lull in the farming industry, right? But so when you're talking, you have big gear and you got big gear to sell. The buyers right now are in Nova Scotia because the yeah. work is here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that might totally be, in six months, that might be New Brunswick. Yeah. Right, but it's our job to roll with the punches, to see where that work is coming from, and put it on a platter for the guys. Here's what we got available, guys. If you don't want it, great. If you do, if you do need something, call us. Yeah. How have sales been here in the province of Nova Scotia, great. specifically? Great. Great. Yeah. great. The province of Nova Scotia is a big supporter. Uh, we want to get out there more to the yes. different contractors that are around. Yeah. But a big supporter of it is like anything new. Dan, you know, you start out, you got to build that reputation but our reputation yeah. is seeping out there we have a lot of people that we've known but they're good at it they they like the availability of where they get the equipment we're dealing with well we pretty well dealt with all the big ones here yeah. in nova scotia but and the relationship wise sorry uh, when it comes to selling equipment they're not selling a whole lot right now because yeah. the economy's so good they're buying they're yeah. buying, they're buying their equipment's moving now they need yeah. more yeah the problem in so nova scotia Need more gear and more men. There, the there's a shortage of, of men, men in any trade. It's men. It's trades. Yeah. And so it's, they need more gear for those men. Right? They have the yeah. gear. They can't yeah. get the men to drive them. Right. It's to the point now where I'm talking to customers where they can't bid more work. They they want it. So they have the more licensed there, drivers. But yeah. they can't support the men. And then you got other companies that don't have enough men to do their work. So they'll subcontract other companies to do their own work. Yeah. So it's a great problem to have. Yeah. But and not all the provinces are into it, right? Mm-hmm. So what's a month look like for for you, Harold, and for you, John? Are you guys traveling a lot across the four provinces? Uh, I know you're you're traveling now. Obviously, you're in Halifax with I'm, us here in the studio. Yeah. But I'm the traveler. You're the traveler, I look okay. after and the you like that part of it, I assume, because a lot of people do, right? You yeah. Get to, well, that was yeah. back when you get back to the hockey background and stuff like that. You're I was always to, in a plane. Yeah. And John had his quota. John's done the outside, and he's yeah, traveled sure. around. Yeah. You know, it's, my, it's my turn now. <laughs> yeah. One year I was... Uh, I need a break from it after a while. Yeah, the year before COVID, I was 95 flights out of Newfoundland. Whoa. So I've, 
I've done my lot. time in terms of it. I've I've been on it. That was that ninety five flights was just with Air Canada alone. Yeah, I know. Well, you know what? It's funny because <laughs> flying up here, that was the first first. That was the second time I've been on a flight since twenty twenty March of twenty twenty when COVID struck. I was in Newfoundland on a Friday and I was due to fly to Montreal Sunday night. And Sunday night, I remember specifically saying, I don't know if we're going to go. It was Monday morning, 3 a.m. Yeah. And I got a text and I got a text from uh, someone that said, no, you're off. Don't fly to Montreal. And that was the last time then until November of last year when I flew up to New Brunswick and a big package and we landed a substantial forestry package. So for my end of Worth it, the trip. yeah, well, for my end of it, Harold does the trip and that's where he has with it. And he does a lot of flying. My, my idea of traveling now is more along, you know, brand recognition, dealing with a lot of the different major contractors in yeah, around the associations, right? That's the associations. That's my full time job. That's yeah. my horn now. I'm boots yeah. underground. Johnny yeah. handles the upper yeah. business banks, yeah. lawyers, all that stuff. Any right. advice for keeps uh, us out of jail? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> I, d- I didn't. I didn't know. We, I didn't know we had an idea of possibly going down right way. But no, that's possible every day, John. <laughs> no, yeah. but that's that's the way it's worked out. Wrongly accused, of course. Wrong, oh yeah, that's an innocent man, Your Honor. Yeah. Um, no, the the big side of it with us is that we've split that way. Uh, it works well. You still got to have that operational side to keep the head office and everything like that rocking and rolling. And Harold is good, as you can see here in the conversation. He loves the business. He's passionate about it. Yeah. And, and he he runs that in the veins of our sales team. They're mm-hmm. just as passionate. The high fives, you know, when we sit on our call on Mondays and then Harold has a separate call on Thursdays with the guys so we can see what's going on, that much of excitement and fun with the guys is great. And when you see that, within seconds, the guys are responding, I got it. That's his gist of it. Travel-wise, now it's associations, provinces, yeah. landing. You know, Maybe I will a couple be AGMs throughout the years. Lots of those. You know, the road builders, the heavy heavy civil starts in January, yeah. and you got uh, Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, Newfoundland, and PEI. That's the order they go. Yeah. You know that that's that's taxing on you just for late nights and stuff like that. Yeah. But you know, we've managed a lot to more potholes in PEI than anywhere else. I always. <laughs> I mean, I grew up there, so I can say that. Did you? So some, uh, PEI guy. Had there Sunday. Good. Can't wait, actually. Yeah, I always enjoy my time in PEI. Do you golf? Always, right. I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I might be able to get around in. Still, the weather's pretty good. If it's yeah, I uh, yeah, I, uh, maybe Tuesday afternoon if I can, but uh, yeah. it's not the priority of my trip. But yeah. <laughs> so, any advice for for salespeople, uh, you know, or, or young guys that are are doing a lot of traveling, and you know, like it's a tough balance when you're getting something going and you're you're trying to navigate everything and uh you know you guys have been doing this for a while uh what's uh i i stick to the beyond, cold, cold be, beer on a, on be, a, honest. On a be honest yeah, <laughs> yeah. is you can't keep up with it if you're lying if you're you can't keep up with those lies so yeah if you're true to word true to contractors honesty honesty up front with everybody it, it normally works out if you get into backdoor stuff yeah and it's and great it's, it's just great. too hard to keep up with yeah. and for the travel guys that are on the move you know be first in, see the guy face to face, talk yeah, to them. Yeah, something really special about that. You need to do that as much as you can, especially Atlanta now County. after our after our lockdown yeah, well, and all that kind of stuff. You know, you're, we're dealing with entrepreneurs. We're dealing with the guys that are risk takers. Okay, a lot of cases, no matter what they are, they're the owners, they're the vice president, the president, yeah. or whatever report to board. Decision so they're risk takers. All right, so they're risk takers. And the biggest thing that we say to our guys is, if you're there and you're hustling and you're working and you're knocking on that door, they're going to call you. Yeah. But if you're just sending an email, dropping in every it's now and then, it's not going to work. It's got to be present. You got to be present. Yeah. You got to show your energy. You got to show your passion. Yeah, presence. And if you don't, there's somebody else going to knock on the door. So what do we do? We've got the best sales guy. We've got sales guys that know this business. They're talented at it. They know what needs to be done. 
and they're up and gone to the job site or they're meeting with the customer at 6 a.m. or they're on the phone with them 9 o'clock in the night trying to close something out from Winnipeg. And that that makes the difference. And that's what has made us successful right now in these 18 months. Yeah. That's what we're doing. And that's a leadership role that Harold has instilled into the team. And we take that and we run with it ourselves. And, you know, we don't ask the guys to do stuff that we haven't done or are not willing to do. Everybody in this industry in the construction are typically type A personalities, okay? They all deal with heavy equipment. They're all, you know, no beans, straightforward shooters. So our days can be stressful, but we have fun on the back end of it. And the customers and the buyers and sellers have it as well. You know, we've sold stuff out west. We still got to we still got to send some lobsters out west. Actually, mm-hmm. in Winnipeg, uh, one of the deals was yes, no problem. Send some lobsters. So we're selling something out to lobsters in Winnipeg, and that's part of the sale. You know, goodwill yeah. that's going to come from PEI and Atlantic Canada. So yeah. we're helping out that way too. And the fishermen moving some lobsters out yeah. that way, even though we're moving yeah. gear, yeah. we're selling some lobsters. And normally, I gotta say, like in this business, you're dealing with predominantly happy people you got when you're buying something you're excited you want it you're happy yeah when you're selling something you get what you want for it you're happy sure we get our commission we worked hard we get paid for accordingly it's we're a good happy. experience yeah. the guy that picks it up in the trucker we hire him to ship it to winnipeg he's happy yeah so you, i mean obviously problems do come up along the way but generally you're dealing with people who know the business and are happy about the transaction they're about to make yeah so yeah I think one of the things I'm learning uh, is, uh, you know, when you're doing anything that's difficult, I think a sense of humor is almost oh. Atlantic it's a, it's Canada. A real, it's a Absolutely. real power. It's a real superpower to have. Oh yeah. Uh, otherwise, just too damn stressful. Yeah, and you got to, so you know, it's a powerful thing to have. Be able to have a sense of humor. You got to be able to know, know switch it on, switch it off. Yeah, yeah. But you also got to be able to with know uh, stuff. prudence. With prudence, <laughs> yeah. and it's the same way as anything. You know, what yeah. do you want at the end of the day? And you call up your customers, and the, you know the guys are, are pros at it. That's their professional, and that's the step. One of the things with the company in Eastern Frontier that we have, and we, we look at it, is that you know we uh, we give the guys the tools to go out and do what they're good at, and we remove the barriers. So the barriers being, you know, okay, what about leads? What about finding different things? What about doing some searches on the back end? That's why we have the back end stuff. That's why Harold and I are here. That, you know, if, if the guys are nervous about going in and doing a sale, Harold and I will jump in and partner up with them and, and, and coach them along and do that. Yeah. And we're not saying they need it, but everybody brings a different aspect, and we learn yeah. stuff back and forth. Yeah. But our guys uh, are very astute, and they're funny in their own each individual way. They all are funny back and forth with it all, but they know the business. And they yeah. love the business, and they're yeah. pros. They're sales yeah. professionals. Yeah, they're they're professional enough that they can. Ha- yeah. you don't even realize. Uh, you know, they're, they're having fun and they're you know sense of humor, but they just know what they're doing so much. Yeah, yeah. so much experience that. Uh, and when you're transparent, really. Yeah, and when you're transparent, you're dealing with it every day. It comes natural. They know not to come to me for computer stuff. Yeah, sure. Because I don't deal with the computer. guy. I told them that. <laughs> go to John. That's not that. the guy to go see. It's right? funny, ironic. Or if they don't know, they're going to find everybody. Right. <laughs> I don't deal with that. Call John. Yeah. Or if they need an opinion, an opinion on an auction piece, call yeah. Jody. Jody's been in the auction business for twenty five years. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Or if you need a transportation thing or a fuel thing, call Lonnie. He's been at that twenty years. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So we're not too good to say. I, I, I'm going to ask him for help with that. Oh, man, that's such simple simple and, and, and we good, healthy advice because a lot of us want to pretend that we're good at no. different things. And <laughs> really, we can only be good at a few things, right? Yeah. We're all only really good at a few things. Yeah. And when you we, see a team come together and everybody's filling that void, it's uh, it's pretty awesome to see them run like a machine and everybody's happy and doing where they belong, where they're getting energy and not, yeah. if it's something they're not meant to do, their, their energy levels are going to fall pretty quick. Yep. And, and that's the funny part. Like, you know, when you... A year and a half ago, 
Okay, a year and a half ago, we didn't have this business. Yeah. All right. And we've come such a long way in the first well, day yeah. to where we are a year and a half to even being here today, being here today and, and having this podcast and doing it on our own. You know, and I imagine it's kind of like a milestone where you're kind of reflecting, you're talking about your business. So this is kind of like, uh, you know, you're kind of maybe like it's settling in what what's happened in the last year and a half just because of this. We're sitting today, this morning. Okay, so we're very early risers, him and I. Okay, we're early risers. Now, I never texted him until it was 10 after 8 or 20 after 8 this morning, but I was up in terms of it and he knew that, but we were just taking him. So we went to McDonald's to have a bike to eat and we sat out in the truck and the car was coming down or the rain was coming down. And it was a step for us. It was this, like you said, this is another step in our growth of our company. Yeah. And we look at each other and go, oh, we're doing it. We're yeah. doing it. And well, we're doing it having fun. Yeah. And if I can say anything to anybody, yeah. we say it to each other, man, there's nobody else I'd rather go. Ryder dies, my <laughs> right-hand guy here. We have fun with it. We talk about sports. We talk about life. We talk about business. We talk about what we're doing. But every step of it, we're laughing. We're carrying on. And you know what? We've had our arguments. And we've, we've had our argument that way. And if of you course. don't have an argument... How true and solid are you? Yeah, the and more you guys can argue, the more you guys can, can uh, you know, fight about things in a healthy way, the better your company's going to be. Yeah. Well, yeah, I come from professional sports. We used to fight in practice, fist fight. Yeah. Like, you can't I, get yeah. any more passion. Sure. And then all of a sudden you're going to lunch with them. And, and I'm the lover. I mean? I'm not the fighter. <laughs> you know what I mean? And Paul Maurice, that's a great, yeah. uh, we, had, we, we bring oh, in yeah, inspirational, piece or, uh, inspirational speakers, and one of our speakers was Jay Harrison. Uh, he played in the NHL for years. I played with him in, uh, I don't know, I think I was in Toronto with him. And he was talking about, he, he said a quote by Paul Maurice. You know Paul Maurice, their coach. I actually had him in Carolina, too. Yeah, because he, he just left Winnipeg last yeah. year, right? Yeah. So where is he now? Uh, he's taking some time off. Man, he's think, a great coach. Yeah, right? he'll be he'll bounce back somewhere. He has, must have a reputation in the league of being an awesome coach. He, he seems like fantastic. Awesome coach. Guy. I wouldn't know, but he does seem like a yeah solid coach. Fantastic right? guy, fantastic communicator. But Jay relayed a quote that he said at our meeting, and he's mm. and, it, and it's interesting, and it really struck home is in a team atmosphere like that person is going to disappoint you every day because you have expectations for them, right? Yeah, but you got to find a way to love them anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. I expect him Don't to be so Don't use that word much enough better. in business either. No. What's that? Love. Yeah. We got to love people. Well, we're, I mean, we're human beings. <laughs> yeah. It just means to will the good of the other person. Actually, right? we said like that, that the other day because, you know, sometimes you do have to come down and you do have to be hard on these people. Yeah. But we just wanted to be reassured that it's, it's not, we're not being, it's tough love. It's yeah. not, this is to help you grow. We're, exactly. We didn't get up this morning and try to, you know, invent a Just way to get yeah. mad at you yeah right or to work with you somehow it's it's, it's to make the team to better absolutely yeah. it's and, to win and, and you know what that that, as a that part there yeah. about making the team better that was it like we bring in speakers like yeah. we're an eight-person employee company and we have jay harrison who deals with the nhl pa uh, talking about you know how to run oh, successful that's, that's amazing that's and great. we're only eight people yeah. And we do it. And reason why? Yeah, but to get eight people to come together on a common goal, it's just as hard to do that as it is to get 50. Right. right. But what we're doing is we're not just doing this for the company. We're allowing them to grow on that other aspect. Like, you know, Jay, there's one nugget that we pulled out of that wood with that one. Each one of our guys, each one of our team members took a nugget out of there and said, this is what we have. So we're bringing in that. So even though we're small in terms of size, we're large in terms of where we want to grow and what we want yeah. to do. And we want everyone that works with us and does any business with us 
to grow, whether you're a contractor, whether you're a subcontractor, transportation, we'll help you out wherever we can. If there's a piece of business going on and we're not involved in it, hey, there's a guy looking for it. Like today, we took a phone call before we came in here. Hey, I want to buy this. Can you set me up with a transportation company? Sure, not a problem. So we'll connect that with someone in Nova Scotia, maybe someone different, and that piece will be shipped out. That's what we're about. We're not about just, you know, okay, well, maybe that's an avenue we go and transportation. We don't want that. There's people that do transportation. Let them do it and share sure, that yeah. end of it. And we just we just connect the focus, connect the dots. Focus. That's it. Yeah. Focus is the key. Yeah. There's so many avenues you could run down here and rabbit hole here, rabbit hole there. One yeah, bit of advice exactly you talk about it. Being a rabbit hole. The yeah. rabbit holes. The yeah. entrepreneur. Anyone starting out, stick with your focus. Stick what you're good at. Yes, you're gonna you can expand. That's the way I look at it. Yeah. But stick with what got you here. And then look at it and go further. And that's that's what we're... Brian Burke used to say, dance with the girl that brought you. Yep, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's a, a funny one, one, too. I interviewed Harold. He goes, yeah. Tell us some more hockey stories. I'll, I'll tell you this one. Oh, Berkey. He didn't give me talking about Berkey. He was There's a hard a million ass, stories. I'll best tell you guy this one. Ever. Best yeah. guy, best general manager ever. He's I'll tell you this on, one. He's pretty good as a... Uh, a communicator. Well, on TV, he's good, too. Yeah. He's on TSN. One of the last things he said to me, Drooks, I love you. The coach hates you. You got to go. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. But here's another yeah, yeah, one that he yeah. had. Um, when I interviewed him Bert in terms of a position. No, this oh, was from oh. another one of Harold's uh, backgrounds okay. in terms of sports. Uh, John, yeah. He called me up. He said, um, I got a couple references. One I'd really like to use, but he's no longer around. And I'm like, who's that? And he goes, Pat Quinn. I said, oh, okay, yeah, Pat Quinn be a reference. Uh. Yeah, okay, Pat unfortunately had passed away at the time. In terms <laughs> yeah. of, but that was that end of it. And, you know, we, we talk about it and we laugh and we joke, and like you said, about Berkey in terms of and He's got tons of stories that he, he can relay in terms of it that are both podcastable and non-podcastable, yeah. I guess you could say, in terms of sure. it. But that is something else that we look at. You know, we're not leveraging what we want to do, but there's other things we want to bring back in the communities. So Eastern Frontier is not just about selling equipment. We have long-term, where do you think we're going to go? We have long-terms that we want to leverage the people that we've known and what we yeah. can do and, and just bring stuff back into the communities. And that... That's another part of our yeah. business that we haven't even touched yet at 18 months. That is another angle out of it. And we've got technology ideas that we've got planned that we sit down and we look at it, you know, in year three, year four, year five. Sure. And the hockey part of it and what we can do. And, he, you know, he, he's played hockey with the best of them. And he's one of the best of them. Played World Juniors and plays with, you know, Joe Thornton. I was just happening the other day. I was watching something. Thornton was doing workouts. And, I, by the way, he, he yeah. don't he doesn't have those 40 pounds on. I mean, it was pretty good. But <laughs> he was still pretty good shape. He's in awesome and shape. What is, is he? what is he now, 42? Yeah, 42? he's my, actually on um, nine months. He was drafted first overall the year I was drafted. So yeah. I played junior against him. And so who's like the he's best, nine months younger than me. Who's the best player and worst player you played with in the NHL or against? Could you, could you name, oh, could you name one? Messier was probably, I played with Messier in Vancouver, yeah, okay. so he'd probably be the most famous best player. Sure. I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to say so who many, the worst right? is. <laughs> I'd have to really think about it. But <laughs> when it comes to those guys, we all sucked compared to those guys anyway. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. So. I was looking for some good content for a, for a quick snippet. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you got, there's tons of it in terms of. No, no, we but I shouldn't have put you on the spot. Like no, that no. Either, Just so. give me a genre. And I'll go that way. <laughs> Once the camera's off, I'm sure you'll share, yeah. share a little bit more. Of yeah. It. What are you guys looking for? High finance, <laughs> romance? What, what kind of genre are you looking for? No. In all seriousness, though, um, you know, part of our our mission statement. I don't really like that term, but for lack of a better term, is you know, shedding light on passionate people and organizations across yeah. Atlanta, Canada. And it's a lot bigger reason why we started doing what we're doing. So. Mm. It's been a pleasure for us, uh, the team at Atlantic Construction Podcast, to connect with you and to hear about the story and, you know, just being only a year and a half in and 
and just to, to be around that passion and for you know for us sitting here some stories and you know everything you guys are doing it's it's great to hear and we're certainly going to follow uh you know you guys and in, in the journey that you Excellent. that you started and uh yeah just a real treat to to sit with you both well that's uh, so, good yeah no, thank we, you we thank you. Uh, coming up here was important for us uh, to get a look at the the markets again and see everything, but also to get the name out there and just let everybody know that, you know what, if you're looking to buy, purchase, sell, or you're just looking to see what you got to do, give us a call. Check out our website. Sure. Uh, call any one of our guys and area managers in any of the provinces, and uh, we'll be more than help to help you and get you on what needs to be done. And yeah, thank and we'll you. get your links. We'll get your links oh, and geez, everything like definitely. that on, on all the stuff that we put out, as we always do, and uh, hopefully we can uh, get some people uh, coming your way that haven't before so it's good yeah exposure is key uh, like i said we've, we've been running hired in newfoundland but we're, we're branching out now and we're you know yeah it's uh, something that uh, new brunswick nova scotia and bei could really uh, use we're coming so absolutely we're coming we're coming hard Get ready coming in hot <laughs> oh yeah we're coming hot there's no yeah. two ways about it, but that's frontier. good eastern frontier thanks cheers guys cheers thanks, thanks Thank for you. having us thanks a lot this episode is brought to you by cook insurance your trusted insurance broker in atlanta canada for 50 years Insurance is complex, and the Cook team focuses on delivering comprehensive solutions for your construction needs, including builder's risk, wrap-up liability, performance bonds, and project-specific construction. A Navicord partner since 2020, Cook is one of the largest construction brokers in Canada and offers national strength with a local touch. Whatever your insurance needs are, Cook has you covered. We would like to take this time to thank a longtime sponsor of our media platform, FCA Surety. The brokers at FCA Surety are experts in all surety bonding categories and provide unparalleled service during the bonding process. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Atlanta Construction Podcast. Be sure to follow us on any podcast platform you use. You can also find us on LinkedIn and Instagram at Atlanta Construction Podcast. Be sure to send us a comment or a review. We'd love to engage with you.